Welcome to the Soulish Podcast, and thank you for being here. My name is Whitney Apke, and I'm your host. On the Soulish Podcast, we're talking all about the aha moments, the uncomfortable and painful lessons of life, how to deeply connect with ourselves and others, and the breakthroughs, big or small, that we experience in our body, soul, and spirit. We'll dive deep, and I'm so excited to share my experiences and thoughts, as well as bring on guests who are thought leaders and truth seekers. It's my desire to uplift, encourage, and inspire you in each episode. And I'm so excited to have Rita Merchandani as a guest. Rita is an Akashic Records reader and spiritual teacher. Now, I don't know if you guys know anything about Akashic Records, but I didn't. I did very little research, and I learned a ton in this conversation with Rita. Her work is to help us get more connected to the core essence of who we are and to understand the fundamental role that we each have in this world and Akashic Records help us with that. She is a beautiful soul, a beautiful person. If you want to get to know more about her, go to her Instagram and Facebook, Rita Ellen Merchandi, or her website, RitaEllenMerchandi.com. Here's my conversation with Rita. I hope you enjoy and learn all about Akashic Records. That's something too that I want to get into because that was something that I saw you doing. Um, and, and I was like, Ooh, I want to, I want to learn more of how to, how to communicate with my angels, with my team. Uh, a lot of people say like my guides, they have like different words for that. Um, and that's something that I've definitely wanted to understand more and tap into. I don't, I don't think I have a resistance to it because we growing up angels, I was spirit filled Christian. Yeah. So, angels were a common theme uh, as well as demons and the demonic as well as the angelic were a theme growing up. Um, So do you mind talking about that? Yeah, of course. So I had a very interesting background growing up. So I'm actually half Indian and half Irish. And um, yeah, so my dad is from India, mom's from Ireland, and my mom was born into a Catholic family. My dad was full Hindu family And they both came to the U.S., which was where I was born. And so I grew up in a household with two, you know, very diverse backgrounds. So I would go to a, um, I would go to church um, and learn about Christianity, Jesus. And then I would go to temple and then learn about like the Hindu gods. And I didn't know that that wasn't common. Like I thought that that was just, that to me, that was normal. So really I never took too much of an interest in it all though, until I started having my spiritual awakening. But eventually then when I started to tap into what I believe are angels and guides, um, my experience was that they're all ascended masters. And what I mean by that word is like, they're all enlightened beings who once were most likely present on earth in some way, shape or form. And now they help us, they guide us through our spiritual journey. So the way I kind of view it and the way that I feel that all religion works is that they're here to help guide us on our path to what we feel is, you know, enlightenment, whatever, heaven, however we want to describe it. And so when I'm tapping in, like I would see Jesus the same way I would see like Ganesh, which is like the Indian God of like, he is a remover of obstacles. Mm -hmm. So the way to really start tapping into these ascended masters is, and I believe whoever we resonate with is going to come forward with us until they kind of feel an invitation because they never want to make us feel uncomfortable. They always want us to resonate with them. Mm -hmm. So it's always the invitation of, 
I'm ready to connect with you. So for example, to learn how to tap in with your angels and guides, they're always present, but they, it's kind of like a two-way communication. So they're always there, but they're waiting for the invitation to like come into your home. And they'll give you like hints and you might notice throughout your life, like, oh, I did notice that like would like appear, but a lot of the time they're not going to like make it overly obvious until you're ready to receive that. And angels, like, you know, we see angel numbers, we see like different confirmations that our angels are with us. But really for me, um, like the way that I communicate with my angels a lot is actually through animals. And I'll say like, please, um, please angels today. I have a a really big question on my mind. Like, um, can you please give me a gentle confirmation through love through an animal? And usually an animal will pop in my head. Like it'll just spontaneously pop in and I'll be like, okay, that's the animal to look for. And I'll say within like 48 hours, it's a very, you know, like a lot of people, I don't think there's one right or wrong with this, but I do think that intention is always the key for starting any type of communication. Because I feel like I've come to God's source universe. Growing up, it was God or Jesus or Holy Spirit. Um, but I know that I've, I've put it out there several times. Like, I'm like, cool. If you come into like the physical and talk to me, I'm cool. However you communicate, I just want to be communicated with. Um, and I, I know like angel numbers is something that throughout my whole life, uh, childhood and everything is one of the ways that God has like directed me or spoken to me or given me encouragement um, and direction and kind of um, confirmed either what I was feeling or seeing for my life, my purpose, my future. Um, but I've been wanting more. I've been wanting more to channel, you know, to like, get to that point where there's a clear line of communication. So, and I know that other people probably feel the same way of they, they want it really bad and they, they want it to be real and, and yet they're struggling to make that connection. So if that's intention and just maybe continuing to set those intentions, right. Mm -hmm. Um, would you feel that faith or belief or hope would also be, part of that process of you seeing it because that causes you to be open and not closed absolutely and you know this this one of this quote that i love is coming through right now which is prayer is how you speak to god meditation is how you listen and mm-hmm. that for me is where i communicate with mine like throughout the like you know i i feel them i know they're present and that it didn't happen overnight. It's that relationship of like me building it, you know, and now it happens very quickly for me. But at first it was like, what's happening. Um, and the big thing with this kind of communication is that there has to be trust. So if you're doubting, like, if you feel like you feel something and you're like, no, I didn't feel that immediately squashing it, that hinders the relationship. So it's basically like, if you imagined, you know, you had a friend And every time they told you something, you were like, no, they didn't mean that. It's going to cause, like, you're not going to have the, you know, that pure friendship that we desire. So it's about building the trust within yourself that if you're receiving it, there's a reason you're receiving it. And it actually is truth. That's really good. Because I can see how that would work just even on a friendship or relationship basis. And it basically is the same thing, except it's just energy and spirit, right? 
it's the spirit friendship, the spirit relationship that we can have. That's really good. Yeah, absolutely. And it's for anyone who's really wanting to open themselves up to this. My advice right now would be to sit with yourself for a few minutes every day and just practice opening your heart. And what I mean by this is that so often because of society, we've been conditioned a certain way, myself included. And we oftentimes to receive this information have to uncondition. And the way to do that is to open your heart because the heart can truly transform any energy. It has the power of pure love, divinity, and literally just tune into your heart and imagine anything preventing it from being open, evaporating. And if you continually do this every day, just imagine the heart being so powerful that it starts to just literally make things evaporate. You'll start to notice that you start to feel a a stronger connection, one with yourself, with everyone around you, but also with channeling your angels, your guides. Um, You really start to open that dialogue. So they want to know that there is an invitation, right? So that would be, that would be you inviting them is continually having the invitation sent. Yeah. And you know, it's really funny. So sometimes I'll admit there's been a few days where I haven't tuned in and um, like whether I was just feeling stressed, there was like a lot of, a lot going on in my life and I didn't make that a priority. So this was a couple of months ago. um, One of my clients who's also very, she's very tuned in. She actually received a message from my guide saying, Hey, tell Rita to start tuning in again. So it's um, <laughs> literally, <Called out. laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so that relationship becomes so connective that then when you start to not, you know, connect in anymore, you start to notice a huge difference in your life. That's so awesome. What a funny story. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, we're human, right? We're not robots. So we, th- that's part of our human experience, but it's cool that, um, that your guides went to a client and we're like, Hey, you're, you're tapped in. Can you remind her? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, yeah. what, what they said was, um, they gave her a message and then they said, she was like, Oh, why did you bring this to me? And they said, well, she's not listening. So, you know, when you're not listening, messages will come in other ways. So it's better to tune in in meditation and to receive it that way. And like one of my favorite things that I've heard, which it's not as much about tuning in, but it's more in like a global perspective, which I love. I feel like sharing is like, if you've ever had someone who just like stepped in at a moment where you truly needed like help that day, like maybe someone, you forgot your wallet and someone just gave you like $5 for your coffee or someone opened the door for you when you were carrying like a few things. And then you've also, you know, given back to someone at some time. It's that at some point we're all playing God and we don't even know how we'll show up in that form and others will show up in that form for us. Mm. And I just love that concept because to me that just truly breaks it something so complicated into such a simple form. Because it's all about exchange, right? And just having that openness and giving. And that's how the the universe works. And you never know, like, who's going to either show up as, you know, God for you, or are you going to show up as God for them? That's maybe my favorite part about what I do. And I'm sure that's your favorite part too, is that you get to represent love 
You get to represent what it would be like if they were in front of God, the universe source. Hey, it's me, Wit. Did you know that I'm a certified life coach? I have been coaching and mentoring people for over a decade now, and I specialize with issues of the soul and focus on inner freedom and manifestation. I can help you realign with your values and purpose, break free from emotional blockages and negative thought patterns, and you will feel motivated and encouraged to take the necessary steps to live a fulfilling life. We all need support and someone to cheer us on or hear us out, and it would be a privilege to be a part of your journey. My sessions are designed so that you are free to address whatever you feel is most important. If you are interested, go to WhitneyApke.com forward slash coaching and sign up for a free 30-minute call. I can't wait to work with you. It's like I get I get to put my arms around people um, now virtually, but you know, I get to I get to embrace people and and embrace them where they're at, not where they're gonna be, you know, not where they used to be, but I get to embrace them in their present and encourage them and support them going forward. You know, like that's maybe the best, best part about what we do. Yeah. And do you find that you learn as much from them as much as they learn from you? I find that too. I always find that it's, it's such an exchange where like, I'm like, wow, I I just grew so much from that experience too. Cause it reminds you of, of your ishiness, (laughs) which is why I named the podcast soul ish. Cause we all have ishiness. (laughs) I love that. Um, (laughs) So I just, you know, it brings me back to, you know, we are all human and we all have our ish and everyone's ish is maybe, um, a little bit different and has a different twist to it or different experience, life experience behind it. But we all have it. And just, it reminds me to remain open. Cause I think that's what puts me in awe every day when I talk with my clients is their, their openness their vulnerability, um, no matter what we're talking about, it's, I just, I feel like it just reminds me to be open and be vulnerable. Um, because I don't know about you, but I've had really a lot of, a lot of (laughs) women that are like bitches, you know, (laughs) backstabbing bitches as friends and, you know, or just even guys that are conniving, um, church leaders that would just, like wreak havoc on people and use people and abuse their power or authority or influence. And so I've, I've had so much of that in my life or witnessed it. And so for me, that's caused me to be really closed. And I'm, I think I'm learning, um, in the last couple of years that since I've walked away from Christianity and first of all, I was super bitter and resentful and then realized that and realized I'm no better. If I hold on to the bitterness and resentment, I'm no better than anybody, right? Um, I'm not, because I, I felt a sense of pride, like I'm walking away from this. Um, so screw you all, <laughs> you know, that's raw. Um, but I just realized, um, you know, I actually, there's power, there's empowerment, like we were talking before in, in actually healing and forgiving and letting go like strategically and, and on purpose and with that intention to let go because everyone's on their journey and I'm no different. Um, 
yes, they made their choices and I won't make the same choices in my life, but, um, but that cannot take away my openness and vulnerability with people or else I'll never be able to do what I really want to do, what I'm passionate about. I'll never actually be able to make any authentic connections with myself, with others, with God, the universe, you know, you end up shutting yourself off. And so I think that's part of it too, is life, no matter what walk, everybody has a different, really unique walk like you do as well we learn lessons to fear, to shut down, to self-protect, to not trust. And I think that's part of the journey too, is having those experiences, but realizing that doesn't define us or our future. Yeah. And that our future can look very different. And just because we encountered people that hurt us, wronged us, wronged people um, that we knew or loved, um, that doesn't mean that that's going to happen necessarily again. Um, we may make different choices in the future, maybe not be quiet about it, maybe actually talk about it and confront it instead of just letting it happen and walking away. Um, it, it, who knows, you know? That's so. so beautiful. And that, like you said, you, just coming back with the open heart, despite all the pain, like that's the real strength actually is, um, you know, keeping your heart open and open again, every, even when it hurts and it's, torn apart and everything is just like being thrown at you, keeping it open in those moments, because eventually Mm -hmm. that is going to be like the guiding light, the compass that just like attracts so much good into the life. And we often have to go through though, unfortunately, those really hard moments. And like, one thing I always think about is like, um, the archangels, like Archangel Michael, like Gabriel, like all of them, you know, they're, they wear armor and, um, someone once told me this, like even angels wear armor and yes, there are these, you know, beings of light and love and radiance, but they wear protection still because they're coming with their boundaries. They're coming with their sword and that is for the highest good of all. And I always think back to that, like, yes, I'm a being of light. However, I do have my boundaries set and I do have um, these in place. And one thing that really helps me, for example, when I'm, I think back or thought back on my life, And I remember maybe situations that happened that were really hard to heal from. I like to think back on that situation with that person or whatever happened. And I like to think back on what event caused that person to act that way that day. And maybe I'm brought back to a moment when they were three and I'm intuitively just like, were they not ever like, did they never receive love at that age? Like I try to find compassion for the moment that it caused what lashed out at me. And when you find that moment where you see that in that person, for me, it allows me just to release immediately because I found that moment of, wow, I have such compassion for what just happened to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have definitely done that as well. That has been one of the major tools of learning to forgive and to let go is to understand I'm not perfect and I've hurt people, the people that I've managed or people that I've been in Christian leadership positions over, whether it was on purpose or, or most of it was never on purpose, but you know, let's say if it was on purpose or not on purpose, it doesn't matter. I've done the same things, right? I've hurt people. I've, I've maybe done things out of, out of selfishness and not love. And so if I've done those things and I can forgive myself and release myself from that shame or that guilt, 
I need to do the same for other people because everybody is on a journey. So those people are on a journey, they're learning and they have life experience. They have painful moments. They have themselves, whatever it is that they've gone through that their first reaction is to be cruel or mean, or, you know, to make you feel lesser than, and those people are, are the most wounded are the people that are not healed that, um, maybe don't see a pathway to freedom from the things that they're dealing with. And so what do they do? They lash out, make you feel like crap and less than so that they can feel some sort of sense of control and power um, since they don't feel that way already in, in on the inside. So I um, wanted to ask you, I actually don't know much and I've done a lot of research around Akashic records or Akashic field. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned before, what I've understood it to be is basically the same thing that I was taught about the spiritual world, um, that astral plane, which is that the same thing as where the Akashic records live or the Akashic field? Is it the same thing as astral plane? Cause I've seen mental plane, astral plane. No, it's different. Um, totally so, different. Okay. Yeah. It, it's a different plane. So the way that I understand it is the astral plane is like a field. Um, it's, it's another energetic field, but it's not the same as the Akashic records. So okay. my interpretation and, um, Every Akashic Record reader might see it differently, but this is how I experience it. So for anyone listening, the Akashic Records are known as this energetic field that hold the information to the past, present, and future of existence. That's how it's kind of been written about online. That's like, if you look it up, that's probably what you're going to find. However, when I actually did my first, like I had my records read in February of this year, and that was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And um, before that, yeah, so I had I didn't really know about it to be honest, but I just knew that I was like, hey, I'm drawn to this for whatever reason. There's something for me to learn through this. And in that reading, that's where I was told, like, hey, you should be, are you reading the records? Like she read my record and she through reading mine, she knew that I should be a, a an Akashic record reader. And I was like, I, I have no idea what that is, but I started trying it and immediately I was like, okay, this is my soul calling. I know it. When I started to read it, the way that I describe the Akashic Record readings is a soul-to-soul communication. So every reading that I do, I view it through the lens of what your soul wants you to know at this time for your highest guidance and perspective. So in the reading, I, I read like a sacred prayer, which what I call brings me into an expanded state of consciousness. And yes. through that consciousness, I... I set the intention that only what is for your highest good at this time can come forth. So that's for me how it's really easy to navigate the energy and then bring forth what I believe is like for your highest good to know. And I never even have to think about what's coming through because I just set that intention and I trust it so much. That's so cool. So you just had a natural gifting, like, are we all gifted or do you have to be called to read them? Like, or go to training or something like that? Like how are we able to, is everyone able to access this or is this really just certain people are called? I don't know if that's a loaded question. (laughs) No, absolutely. It's a great question. So I do believe that everyone like has their callings in life. And so for example, for some, it could be predominantly like astrology. It could be coaching. It could be like, we have that thing that we're really drawn to. And for me, that's 
the Akashic records. And it was something my soul, I think, has done for a long time. Now, with that mm-hmm. said, I do believe we're all a part of the, we are a part of the Akashic records. So I do believe to a certain degree, everyone can tap into it. But with that said, not everyone wants to, or has the desire really, you know, they may never feel in their lifetime that they want mm-hmm. to know that, but they may just say, I'm going to go to someone to help me with that. Like, almost like accounting, like, you know, I would never want to do my accounting ever. So I'm going to go to an accountant every time. (laughs) (laughs) But so good. Yeah, but for sure, like if people do feel that draw, there is probably a reason. And even if like they're hearing Akashic record and they're like, hmm, that something's happening in my body. I don't know what that is. I don't know what this is. That's usually the soul saying, hey, there's something to learn here. Why don't you check it Mm. out? That's really awesome. So I think um, as you were describing um, the Akashic Records, I know Sadhguru actually had a really funny quote where he, I think I wrote it down, yeah, that that's what we call the internet. And it was like this, I remember people laughing whenever I saw this video. And so he kind of described it like that, that it was kind of like an information center or field where we can access, like you said, the past, present, and future for Mm -hmm. everyone, not just human beings, but all life, right? And not just for earth, but all, (laughs) all universes still continuing to be created. So this, the purpose of this information being held at this field is what, like, what's the purpose of Akashic records? Cause like the internet, we do, we have it to access, to send information, to receive information. Is that kind of how this also functions? And that's like the purpose of Akashic records? Yes. Well, I think it's just to be honest, it's the universe. That's kind Mm. of how I see it. It's like, you can trace back to the moment of creation. You can trace to the future. Like there's no limit to it. And the reason I think it's sort of like the internet, like Sadhguru uses that example is because I always say the future is never guaranteed because there are so many realities that exist out there that what I'm tapping into is, so like if someone was to ask me a question, like I really want to go to university you know, in Paris. And we had a reading and I would say in this moment, the energy is super strong around that. Like, I really see you doing it. However, if tomorrow you decide to decline that application, that's going to shift your whole reality. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like the internet with that, where like you can search something and you can find the result you want based on like the search on Google. But at the same time, if you go a little bit further down and change one word in the option, you're going to find a different result. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. It's, I find the Akashic Records empowering because free will is definitely a part of it. And I never claim that anything is guaranteed, but it is, yeah. so you have an understanding of where your soul is trying to draw you at that time. And that's what I find the most empowering is like, cause you're never going to, if your soul is drawn to it, you're never going to be like, oh no, I don't want that. I'm, mm-hmm. That's never the experience. Mm-hmm. It's always, oh my gosh, my soul is like, a badass. Like it wants to do that. And that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And that's, really that's what I like about it. <laughs> yeah. That helps me a lot. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people um, to understand. And I had this question pop in my head. Um, I've also heard a lot of teachings around the fact that like space time continuum, right. That there is actually no time. Like time doesn't actually exist. It exists in this physical world that we live in. Yes. but it doesn't actually exist. So my future, my past, my present technically is all wrapped like past lives, future lives. 
it's technically like I'm living another life somewhere else (laughs) right now at the same time. I just haven't experienced it yet. Right. Well, technically I have, but not in this physical world. So, which that's really hard to wrap your head around. And so I, I was just thinking about that in regards to the Akashic records, because that then is the field of past, present, future. So it would have everything, right? Including future lives, past lives, all of that, all of that is accessible, but not all of it, like you said, is perhaps good for me to know. So when you bring forth something it may not be what I'm currently doing on Pluto, you know, or like some yeah. other, some other planet, um, yeah. a thousand years from now that is technically happening right now because time and space. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I totally, I totally, and I love, I absolutely love this question. So I think about this a lot and I always want to say like, I don't have the answers to everything. This is just my experience of it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, time is not linear. Time is not what we're experiencing. So for example, when a past life comes through, and even though I know it is at, to my experience of it is extremely real and the person I'm working with, they can feel it too. Like, you know, they, their body gives them the confirmation. Um, and we can actually do past life healing. So we go back to the past life and then, um, we release something that is ready to be released because it will, help them in this current moment. And that's where it tells me that time is not the way we've always perceived it. Because if you can go back to some, a moment and release and it impacts you in the now, or you can go into a future moment, um, and call in that energy that you've already experienced. So for example, I really like to think about this and this isn't as much Akashic as more as just like what I think about is like when I have a presentation to do or something, I'll sit there and meditate and I'll call in my future self and I'll say, Hey girl, we already rocked this. Like, show me how to do it. And you know, it's like, she's already done it. She's already seen me do it. And she's the one who knows what to say. And that's where I just allow the channeling to take over. So to me, those type of mindset shifts, like, and whether this is real or not, right. I know it impacts me very positively. So in that degree, I do believe that there's many realities. The more open you are, the more you can experience them. And then the more you can have like a positive current reality. That's a quote right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely going into the podcast. <laughs> I was on channeling there. That was all channeled. So it was like, it was really good. <laughs> I'm like, I, I was feeling it that down. <laughs> yeah. Definitely ask as many questions as you want, because this is like, whoop. Yeah, that was a great question. So thank you. I feel like I didn't phrase that well, but I knew you would understand what I was asking. (laughs) Uh, I loved it. Oh gosh, it was like, it was lighting me up. You know, my soul wanted to be asked that. (laughs) Yeah, good. Because I was feeling like I needed to ask that just to understand more because there is so much. It's so expansive and so infinite. So it's, it's so hard to break it down. And I know for me, like, thank God for the foundation that I do have as far as Christianity, but but there were limits with that. And so it's so exciting, so fun to not have any limits of the possibilities of, of what we can experience and, and call into our lives, call into our now. Um, because what we're doing right now matters. It, it's significant. It's not insignificant. Every moment is significant. Even what you eat is significant. It, 
changes your vibration, right? It, um, what you think your thoughts, what you watch on TV, all of that changes everything, the dynamic in your, in the atmosphere in your home. So it's really fun to, to hear that. And that is a quote for sure. Like I'm probably, I'm going to post that. And then I don't know (laughs) if I should be like Rita or if I should be what, who, read read a channeled at this moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, we'll, give, we'll give them the credit because they deserve yeah. it. I'm just the best bowl. But you know what's interesting? Like, I don't know, you know, we talk about Eckhart Tolle has the power of now. And then there's that quote, be here now. And as we're talking about this, this has such a like huge, like grounding realization. Because what I'm realizing is that you know, we talk about the quantum field. And what I've realized is that when we're not fully present, our quantum field is like almost like moving up and down, like, like shifting. But when we're like, in the present moment, like those things like quantum leaps, that's where it's possible. But if you're not fully present, you can't do something like that. So define quantum leap for anybody, including myself, who may not quite understand what that is. So the quantum field, the way I understand it is like an energetic field where like literally anything can shift, like reality can shift. We can make these massive changes in our life. Um, and that's all through intention. So that's like calling in and already acting like the future version of yourself. So for example, if you wanted to be CEO of a company, you would begin to act already as CEO of a company when you're still in the entry level position you would just hold the energy of what a CEO would hold. And when you do that and you're in the, you enter the quantum field being in the present moment, that's where you can like literally do what someone would normally take 20 years in like three. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of like a quantum leap type of mindset. Got it. So quantum, the leap means it's not taking you as long to do something, to accomplish something, maybe have a dream to manifest whatever it is that you want to manifest in your life because you're living it in your present as if it's already happened, which is very Joe Dispenza. Yes. That's all. That's literally all he talks about. And that's how he healed himself was through the quantum field. Because what the thing is, is that the body believes how you feel. So if, you know, like, if you're like feeling like not good, right. The body's going to be like, Oh, that's how we need to that's our energy that we're going to have. But if you're like really feeling like you you feel this, like if you feel confident one day, you just notice that things start to happen differently. Your experience is different. And this really goes back to time as well, right? Like in our corporate world, how often are we told 10 years experience needed? Um, Yet if we shift that mindset and we're already in the, the role of someone who's 10 years experience, you can get that position. And I can actually speak to this because I, I did this myself. I, I applied for a role that it needed only five years experience, but I had two, but I just went into the interview and I said, no, I've been doing this a lot longer than two years because I, I, I knew I would be, I, one, I knew it was the right role for me. I just felt it and they didn't even question it. And I I just really believe that so often we use the mindset of time, like we use that to our disadvantage versus just, I'm ready. I'm just sitting with that for a second. (laughs) It's, we have to, we really have to unlearn what we learned. Like, Like that is the key to adulting, unlearn what you learned and 
for me anyway, I just believe I know nothing and I just experience it as it is. It flows a lot better. (laughs) And removing all those filters of, you know, there's so many good things that we learn, like don't touch a stovetop when it's turned on. Um, you know, uh, boiling water on your skin doesn't feel good. Um, you know, we learn things, which some of it is for our benefit, but then there's other life experiences that are not for our benefit. And that actually cause us to not pursue things and to feel like we're never ready for what it is that we want, um, to do, to be, to experience. So that's really good. Cause I feel like that's really in line with even me personally, where I'm at. Um, so that's really good. That, that hit me. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm glad. That's and like <laughs> one thing too, that I've noticed, especially for women, and I don't want to speak for any of for everyone, but like, just as my experience was like growing up, you know, we're, we're conditioned to be like a good girl and to be like a certain, to act a certain way. So like, for example, I would notice a while back that when I would have to ask something, my voice would like get really high and um, I would like almost become this like really sweet version of myself because I don't, I became conditioned that that was what society wanted of me. And that wasn't CEO Rita coming out. That was the version that I like thought I had to be. And I know CEO came through right before we spoke, but it's just to just really uncondition ourselves from what society made us believe we had to be. It's just funny how, um, you know, we're conditioned to feel or think a certain way. And as we become adults, we realize, oh, it's really not about that. (laughs) That actually doesn't define me. Um, So, and so that's interesting. Um, Can I add something to that? Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to share, because this is coming through too, like a few months ago, this summer, I had this like dream where all of the things in my life that I had, like my biggest, like accomplishments, quote unquote accomplishments, like I saw myself achieving them. But then I like had this moment where I realized like, who did I do that for? And, um, Mm -hmm. it was like, I realized it turned into like a nightmare. Like, you know, that song by Billie Eilish, which is like, I thought it was a dream, but maybe it was a nightmare. And Mm -hmm. for me, the one thing I always grew up in, like, I felt a lot of pride in was like, I was considered very logical and very um, like I was a logical girl. And that's kind of the, what I built my identity around. And like growing up, I was a chess player actually. And so, so, and that has a certain stigma to be logical, right. And whether Mm -hmm. that's true or not, that's how I saw it. And I prided myself on having that identity. And then in college, I, um, I was in a sorority and I like became president of it. And I saw like, again, my logic being the reign of that. But when I started to look back on my life, I realized like, and don't get me wrong. I love those moments. And they were like amazing times, but I, I was conditioned to in a certain way, fulfill those roles. And when I started to go into the like spirituality, it was so painful because none of this is logical. Yeah. I had to literally break who I had been my entire life, the logical girl, to become the intuitive person that I was destined to be. And now I've learned that, like, they go hand in hand, right? Like, in fact, chess is actually the most intuitive game. It's not as much logical as people would think. Mm -hmm. And even, like, for example, the sorority, like, you have to be intuitive to be able to work with people. So Mm -hmm. 
And girls. <laughs> and, and girls. <laughs> yep. um, lots and lots. But that's where I think it's just so powerful to like come back to like, who am I really before I molded myself to be a certain role? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what originally were you pursuing in your life? What, what did you, what were your plans as far as what you were going to do for like a career or? Yeah. So that's a great question. (laughs) Um, In college, I studied international relations and political science. And I actually, you know, we, I think sometimes we have those moments in life, you know, where there's a path and you have a right or a left and you kind of know that that's going to change your future. And I believe that ultimately we end up at the same spot, but it's a different experience. Mm -hmm. I was actually enrolled to start a human rights program in DC and for a master's degree. And all of a sudden I had a huge crisis. I didn't go and I went into hospitality and that ended up shaping what I was doing up until this February, actually. And at the start of um, COVID, the, I was doing hospitality consulting that completely went away. And that's what inspired me to actually have my Akashic record reading. And because I didn't know what was next in my life. And I, I had wanted to start a coaching business, but if I had not gone down this entire route, I mean, it led me perfectly to where I am now. Life's always happening for us. I believe that. At the beginning of every year, as an offering of gratitude to the universe for all that I have been blessed with, I donate to a charitable organization that's mission aligns with mine. And this year I'm donating to No Kid Goes Hungry. In 2018, over 38 million Americans lived in poverty, and an estimated 15 million of those were children. According to the USDA, before the coronavirus pandemic, more than 11 million children in the United States live in food insecure homes, which means that those households don't have enough food for every family member. Today, projections show that 18 million children could face hunger this year. If this also resonates with you, join me this year in donating to No Kid Goes Hungry. The link is in the show notes for your convenience or go to nokidhungry.org. Wow. So you technically, you do Akashic readings as well as coaching, spiritual coaching. Those are the main things I do. I I also do like um, shamanic healing and Reiki, but my main two practices is definitely the Akashic records and spiritual guidance. I want to help teach as many people as possible to, you know, intuitively trust in themselves and then share that light with the world. For you, when, when you do a reading, do you feel like most of the time people walk away feeling a sense of like, healing, understanding, deeper connection with themselves? Like, do you feel like that's what Akashic Record readings help people with? The way that I always like to describe it is I'm helping you to remember what you forgot. And it's a soul reactivation that just mirrors back to you what you already knew. I'm just like reflecting that. And that's the beauty of the Akashic Records is like, I always tell everyone, trust your intuition as we go through this. I'm just reflecting it back. And like, if anything doesn't feel correct, let me know and we'll go into that. Because ultimately, you are your number one compass. But if someone can kind of help you navigate that, that's like such a 
incredible process. Because you basically shine a light or bring things up that will end up resonating with somebody. Yeah, because oftentimes, you know, because of, again, I hate to keep going back to conditioning, but just like life, life, life circumstances, we lose sight of how miraculous we are and how amazing we are. And like, we deserve to be reminded of that. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really love the Akashic records because I feel like when I open, like when I open the records, I feel like it's like, and I talk about this, it's like going home. Like, I feel like everything just kind of makes sense at once. And I think that's for me why it's, it resonates so much. How did you even find like an Akashic records reading? What led you to that? Since that's what led you ultimately to doing it. So my mom is actually a lot into this type of stuff, like um, spirituality and like growing up, she would talk about it and I'd be like, no, don't want to hear about that <laughs> um, until finally, you know, I had my spiritual awakening and I was like, mom, I want, I need help. <laughs> um, and the, the woman who I went to, her name just popped up in my meditation. My mom had been to her like a long time ago and I was like, hey, can you find her information for me? And that's how I knew it was time. Like, I was summoned. <laughs> so you really grew up and with your dad being Hindu, right? Um, and your mom being Christian, Catholic, spiritual. You grew up a lot in like a really awesome spiritual environment. Yeah, I, I was. I'm very fortunate to have had such like diverse parents. And luckily, I, I both of their families were very accepting of each other. Um, like I, I was really fortunate to have that type of a background yeah, I'm very thankful for it. Is there anything else that's coming through for you? Because I want to give you that. Yeah, so something interesting is coming through that I just want to share. Um, something about self-love. And I think there's some sort of practice I'm meant to speak about. So for anyone listening, you know, who's feeling lost maybe or just confused or like, how do I tap into something like that? You know, like, which I've definitely felt before in my life. I totally understand this feeling there is a practice I want to share with you, which is just coming through now, which is to sit with yourself and close your eyes and just set the intention that you want to practice specific for you for self-love and to focus on that intention and to allow those thoughts to come in and to trust that that's coming from your highest self. Because what I feel right now is that if you're listening, I trust that you're hearing this for a reason. And I'm not sure that reason right now, but I just feel really guided to share this and to start incorporating that practice. And I know that you're going to start to receive messages. I don't know why that they wanted me to share that. Well, I do. I'm sure that there's tons of people that they don't make time and they don't give themselves that space. Right. So I think that's such an important message. And I think that's something we all need to take time, especially with everything we've gone through 2020 was a heck of a year, brought up a lot of stuff that was good and could serve us. You know, even though it was difficult, we still can learn something and at least take the good from the life experience, right? Is what I believe. And so I think it's really important to have that reminder. So whether someone's listening to this a year from now, two months from now, or when it's released in the next couple of weeks, they're going to hear that and it's going to sit with them and they're going to realize I need to go back to where I was meant to be, which is to be connected. And I'm so disconnected that I need to reconnect. And that truly is self-love. 
And you know, this is interesting. This is coming through too now. It's like when we experience pain, we often shut down. Mm -hmm. But what that's actually an indicator of is the amount of love that we could experience as well. So it's an invitation to love more actually. And I never looked at it that way till now. And like, I'm like, wow. Uh, So if you're experiencing deep pain right now, it's to know that that is, that is the moment before a deeper level of love can be achieved. And I think that practice can be like, at least if it resonates one thing, maybe to start. Yeah. Cause I'm feeling too, as well, that if it's never, if something is never challenged, if it's never put to the test, if it's, if it's never purified, then it never can be in its truest form. And love shines brightest, right? When, when it is able to rise above something, when it's able to pass through, even though it's, it's, it hurts, but it's able to move through that regardless. That's when love actually proves its strength, its power, its authority, its influence. Um, and so we, we need to allow love to, to have the opportunity to show up. And um, because if we're made from light and love, like those are literally part of what we are, then we are that. And so if we hold back that expression, we hide, right? We go into a cave somewhere because Mm -hmm. we got hurt. Then we're never able to see our true nature. And it's so interesting because when you said that, and I love that, when you said that we are made of light and love, then maybe everything else is just an indicator of what we're not. It's a reminder to come back to those things because the reason we're feeling that way is because we're not what we're made of, that that's not who we are. Um, and also, you know, it's like, what would, would we even know what that felt like if we didn't feel these other experiences? So it's like, keep your heart open, like, you know, to the, like the ocean, like literally allow everything to come through and flow through. Cause like you gave the example of the person who lashes out, right. Who's mean to you. That is an indicator that they don't know their true nature. Yeah. I love that. And you know, it's like, if there's no trigger within us, right. There's nothing for it to grasp onto. Right. It yeah. just, it just bounces back to them. You know, of course you'll feel it, but you're not holding onto it within you. Like it doesn't create a part that, that solidifies. It just kind of is there and then it leaves. And I know in the moment, it's like so hard. Like even a few days ago, I was like triggered like just a little bit, but I was like, but this time, like what I do now is like, I look at it like with curiosity. I'm like, huh, that's interesting, Rita. Why are you feeling that? You know? And I kind of make it a game because in the past I'd be like, this, this car in front of me, you know, this person, they're breathing on me or (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But like (laughs) something, you know, and now it's more like, huh, like, what are you allowing me to heal? Thank you. You're the observer. The changes when you go into the observer mode, doesn't it? (laughs) I don't want to be in the story. I want to observe it and and just witness it. Um, And when you do that, you know, it's just like, okay, I'm ready to release that part. I don't really agree with that narrative. And it's, it's definitely harder said than done, but like, I think it's like a practice. It's a muscle. And once you train it, you start to like, you know, it's, it's very easy to identify. The more often you do it, the easier you recognize it and can step away for a second and go, 
what is that? You know, pause. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's like, there's so many avenues once we just begin the like, really to just the eye-opening process that like nothing looks the same again. The same experience sitting on the sofa is like a different movie. Every time. Every time, yeah. That's so good. Thank you so much for your time and um, and sharing and all of that. I'm so, so excited to have met you finally. And if someone wants to get an Akashic Records reading, it's 155 per hour and yes. it gets recorded as well so they can review it. Yes. And then, so some people already know, like, they're like, I, I know I want the Akashic record reading, but for anyone who wants to go into like a one-on-one coaching for a longer term, I love to do that. So we can kind of focus on what would that look like together? Because the spirituality, it's different for every person. There's no tailored yeah. program in my opinion. Um, yeah. so I tailor it for them. And then of course, with their input, we do it together. Um, and that's where that's helpful. And then also like for anyone who's curious about the Akashic records, but is like, no idea what that is, that consultation allows me to explain like what that might look like for them. That's really cool. So someone's super curious, but they don't have like, they're not feeling called to necessarily something specific. It would be really good for them to book a a coaching um, consultation, spiritual coaching consultation with you. Yeah. And I just kind of use my intuition to see what I'm feeling and then see if that resonates with them as well. There's this field where we kind of meet together and then that's where we find the answer. That's really cool. That's really cool. And thank you so much. I'm so glad to have been a part of this and to connect with you. Same. It's so cool to meet you and have another friend. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. The Soulish Podcast is not only a podcast, but a community where we can relate to each other and support each other in our soul journeys. Join the community on Instagram and Facebook at The Soulish Podcast. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and found it to be super inspiring and super informative about Akashic Records. If you want a reading with Rita, go to RitaEllenMerchandi.com and follow her on Instagram and Facebook at Rita Ellen Merchandi. I love you guys. I'll see you next time.